Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to On the Turnbuckle. That was, of course, the music of The Undertaker, who won our poll this week for the theme song challenge. He's through to the next round, defeating Lyle. He defeated Hulk Hogan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good evening, mate. Uh, is it a bit of social or social media justice or baggage holding on to Hulk Hogan? You would have thought he was a sure start win, but uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe it's The Undertaker's pretty popular as well. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I think The Undertaker's pretty popular. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, big battle. Big battle. It's, um, it, was a, it was a tough seating. It was uh, much was... better than Crash versus China. <laughs> I think there was 96 votes and there was two the difference. Yeah. It was ridiculously close. And obviously, I don't usually open this show. There's... Are we short someone in the studio? It's not Jay, he's here. I'm I'm a regular fixture now. Where's Tony? It, did he message anyone? Well, he didn't message me. Well, he's just piking. We've got our start time and we start, regardless. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous, Tony. He's probably calling another car race. <laughs> well, what's he calling it? Yeah, <laughs> not um, impressed. I just want to take a moment to quickly plug our live show this Saturday at... PCW in Geelong at Geelong West Town Hall. Jay, looking forward to it? Yeah, I said I was really pumped uh, yesterday. Sent you a text. Maybe you're getting a bit nervous. Text. I know, I've told you about these. Yeah, um, so um, yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to it. Maybe we'll get a bit nervous on uh, Saturday. Might projectile it, vomit on it's, a few <laughs> it's selling. It's selling fast. So yeah. everybody head to pcw.com.au and get your tickets now because pre-sale closes really shortly um i'm sure there might i might be able to hook you up with a ticket at the door it may be if you rock some of our merch yeah so oh. I'll, I'll say uh good luck with it boys uh well, you, yeah. you haven't been booked for the show yeah yeah, yeah. rock well, the merch for you're, sure That'd you're be pulling awesome. a tony i've heard well yeah there's an important car race up in cairns you probably haven't heard about it but yeah huge uh, one <laughs> uh big show last week yeah it was very good very good uh different from what we do but I like that. I, all... I still don't know what we do. <laughs> well, yeah, everything we do is a bit different, isn't it? We we half wing it at every show, but yeah, um... I'll put the I make the notes up at about you know two minutes to go. You write you guys... them during the intro. I know. <laughs> yeah, I do that. I uh, go up. Yeah, while others are speaking. Oh, what did he just say? <laughs> no, but I thought I thought it, I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, like a different aspect of the business. Yeah. Um, you know. And... I'm a I'm a sucker for some wrestling fan art too. Me too. Yeah, I really I re- I love that 205 stuff. It's just sad that they they stopped her from doing it with um and not really producing anything themselves. Anyway, yeah, we've got a big guest uh to go to right now. We're joined by EPW legend, legend, and MCW favorite. Yes. Do you want to do the intro, Lyle? Oh, he's the uh, godfather of Australian wrestling, the Messiah, Davis Storm. Thanks for having me. Uh, great to have you on, mate. Uh, obviously, you want to start off by saying happy birthday. <laughs> I've had plenty of reminders of that today. Um, I'm, I'm starting to get to an age where I might be a little bit sensitive about all these happy birthdays. I hear you, mate. I completely hear you. <laughs> well, no one in this no, no one in this studio is going to ask the date the day, mate. So you'll be right. The year, you mean? Uh, the year, sorry. So uh, yeah, exactly right. We've been looking forward to this interview uh, for the last couple of weeks, actually, because we haven't had much WA coverage, and we thought if we're going to talk to anyone in WA, it's going to be uh, it's going to be you. 
because you are the godfather of Australian wrestling. Um, how do you see the change in the local scene since you started? I mean, it's really come on leaps and bounds. I was, I was talking to Rocky Monero yesterday about how much it has changed in the last uh, the last two decades. And I mean, when we when we started out, there was some semblance of a scene. I mean, there were there were still a few guys um, from the old school sort of kicking around, and especially in Melbourne and Adelaide, there was there was still a semblance of a scene there. But um, it had been completely wiped out in Perth. Like we when we started Explosive Pro Wrestling, we were genuinely starting from scratch. So um, to see it now, where young guys and girls can start and they can see the career progression that's there, it's not just for us, uh, Mikey Nichols used to always say, we were living six weeks at a time, and that's exactly how it was. We were we were just trying to aim to get to the next show. Everything that you had was being put into getting to the next show, whether it was training or weight training or planning process or whatever it was, everything was just about making that next show the very best that it could be. Um, whereas now, guys and girls, um, I don't want to say... I don't want to say they take it for granted. That's the, the wrong way to really express it. But um, the, the shows are basically, it, it's like training for them now rather than for us it was life or death. Uh, we didn't know whether or not there'd be another show after that one. So we put everything that we had into each and every show, whereas now they know that there's career progression. They, they see the success of guys and girls who have gone on to Japan and the WWE. And... Um, you know, there's, there's a genuine career path there. For us, it was just uh, <laughs> let it all hang out, and if this is the last one, well, then we, we had a great time doing it. Now, it, so, look, you're touching on uh, EPW, like clinging on and holding the scene together. What's the progression now? I know with their training school that you have, that's one of the most renowned ones in Australia. But you, you guys have a, a great philosophy of uh, you want to make the students good human beings as well as uh, good pro wrestlers as well. You want to just touch on a little bit of your training methods and the philosophy behind it? I mean, part of that has definitely also been me growing up as a human being as well. Um, so when I started, I was an angry 21-year-old looking for his place in the world, and that was probably reflected in the way that we trained as well. Um, like I said, it was very much life and death, and we we knew how much we were putting into it um, just to have the school there, and we we for better or for worse, we we were trying to express that to the students. Um, we we pushed a very hard philosophy, which was the same philosophy that was taught to me by Hartley Jackson and Paul Um but we we really wanted to push people to be the absolute best wrestlers that they could be. Um, in that time, we've probably seen that you you do crack more than a few eggs when you when you make an omelette. And we've turned out some fantastic wrestlers here. Uh, Mikey Nichols and Shane Hates, obviously, being the, the two most renowned, but also uh, Chris Weiss, Marcus Pitts, Alex Kingston. Uh, there's, there's just countless guys who have come from here. But in, in the meantime, we've probably also burnt through some really good people who they weren't cut out to be professional wrestlers. Maybe they lacked the drive or the athleticism or whatever it is, but they they still wanted to be a part of pro wrestling. And um, for us in those early days, we were very much all or nothing. We, we wanted to drive people to be the best. And sometimes when you're blinded by that, you, you try to push people towards something that's not for them. Um, and, and the techniques that we used were, were very, uh, very bully-like at times, uh, whether it was psychologically or whether it was physically. Um, we, we really tried our hardest to, to make the hardest pro wrestlers that we possibly could. Um, and the methods of doing that were great. But like I said, you know, we, we probably damaged some very good people along the way as well. Now, my philosophy is, as a human being and also... Um, being a father, I I just want to turn out the best human beings that we can, and the the more good people that we can have associated with Australian wrestling, I think will benefit in the long run. So, you know, maybe there was a guy who would have made 
fantastic referee or a fantastic cameraman or a great behind-the-scenes person or an excellent PR uh, hand, and we might have pushed that person away because of the way that we trained. Whereas now we, we try to help people along as much as we can, foster them. If, if they're not cut out for, for the physical side of pro wrestling, and let's face it, not everybody is. Um, but if they're not, that's fine. Maybe we can find another way for them to be involved in, in EPW. And if we can't, and what they want is to be involved in the physical side and they're, they're not able to keep up with the standard that we set uh, at the EPW School of Wrestling, there are other schools in Perth who... Um, some of them push very hard also. I, I don't want to discredit everyone, but there, there are definitely some places where it's easier to get a gig than it is in EPW. The WA scene, I don't think... I think when you're in WA, you're sort of um, a little bit isolated from the rest of Australia, and it takes longer for you guys to get the credit that you deserve. I remember it happening in music in the mid-'90s where uh, all these great bands seemed to come up overnight from w, from WA... And it was more a fact of you guys really get to hone your craft without the nation staring at you sort of thing. Do you think that um, yep. it makes you guys more competitive and hungry over there? There's definitely a, a chip on the average West Australian's shoulder when it, comes, uh, when it comes to dealing with the rest of the country, whether it's in football or whether it's in music or whether it's in wrestling. Um, I've seen that in my, my own friends, who uh, some of whom are fantastic musicians, world-class musicians who have never been able to crack it over east because, um, you know, for, for a, a band coming up in Melbourne, they get to travel to Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. They can gig around the country and build quite a good following without really having to go through the expenses and the hassle of a band from WA having to pay their own way over there and then finding the finding the venues, getting the word out. It's all it's quite difficult at times. And yeah, I've I've, I've definitely found the same thing here. We've we've got a few uh, we've got a few well kept secrets over here um, on the wrestling side of things. But um, it's also it's insulated us from a lot of the nonsense that goes on over east as well. So you've got to take the good with the bad. While while there are times where guys uh, especially guys who are developing and, and turning into fantastic wrestlers, they probably want more opportunities and those opportunities unfortunately won't come as freely um, due to the, the cost of getting someone from Perth over to Melbourne or Sydney but at the same time we're, we're able to avoid a lot of nonsense um, by not being too involved in the scene over there there's always, the, the more groups there are involved, there's always going to be politics involved and um, we're, we're kind of insulated from that here. And that's where the internet, though, um, is amazing for the guys in WA so they can um, can be seen more broadly. Yeah, that's that's definitely been a plus. So especially over the last two or three years as EPW started to put more stuff online and, and um, MCW and PWA, wrestlers are being seen both uh, internationally and also interstate, whereas they never would have got that exposure before. So when Robbie Eagles tears the house down with Will Ospreay, um, that that sets off this chain reaction that leads to him getting booked in PWG. And it wasn't that he had a lack of talent or the ability, he just needed the opportunity. And I think that's the, the same could be said for the guys here, myself included. You know, I've been... I've been plugging away over here for a long time, and I'd say my following outside of Perth is stronger than it's ever been. Yeah. Um, but it's probably also come at a time where I'm—I don't want to say I'm the down the downswing of my career, but I'm definitely I'm at an age where I balance wrestling and life. Whereas earlier in my earlier in my life, especially before the kids came along, it was 100% wrestling, and I was fully committed to it. Whereas now, I've got to balance work and life and kids and wrestling. And, um, but my, my following, especially thanks to some wonderful people online and them being able to access our footage, um, my following's probably stronger than it's ever been. Now, now with the, uh, the fruits of your labor and your, all the hard work, now we come into like 2018, we get the, like a New Japan tour, 
progress to uh, and you you're involved with that stuff does that validate all the hard work uh, um, and everything like that and then obviously our local talent which you are it, you're right they are amazing they just need more eyes on them to get those opportunities which you know progress new japan they bring they bring instant uh, accessibility to the rest of the world it's it's definitely been a strange feeling uh, like like i said you you're insulated in your little bubble here and there are, there are people that respect you within that bubble and in your head you you like to tell yourself yeah i've i've done something here i've accomplished something here and if those opportunities never came along, I would like to think that at the end of it, I would still look at what I'd done as the exact same body of work because really, in our own heads, it shouldn't take uh, a match or an opportunity with one of the world's best wrestlers to, to validate what we've done up until this point. But <laughs> that being said, yeah, very much so to to be able to be put in that situation. And as much as I know, there's a lot that goes into creating those opportunities and also that that decision-making of uh, who you step in the ring with is while you not might not be making that, that choice yourself, that decision, um, you also realise that that is something that is being gifted to you. It's not, it's not something necessarily that has to be earned, um, although, obviously, I would like to think that uh, the, the work that I've put in over the years led to me getting those opportunities. Um, and, and I'd say it's something I used to shy away from when I was younger. I would, I would hate to think that it was my relationships with people that led to me getting opportunities. But particularly in the, in the case of the New Japan one, it was very much my relationship uh, that led to to me getting that booking and that particular match with Minoru Suzuki. Um, it, was, it was something that a good friend of mine wanted for me and went, went to bat for me to try and get that match because he realised how much that match would mean to me. Um, but that, as, as I've grown as a person and it's become less about the wrestling and more about um, how I feel about myself as a human being, I would say... I'm probably more proud of that opportunity being gifted to me because um, it says that I've made some sort of impact on people rather than just... There are plenty of guys in our our industry who are fantastic wrestlers and absolute pricks. And <laughs> I think we lost you for a moment there during the... Um, your answer to that question but Jay's got a question that's on the same subject I think yeah you were mentioning Suzuki um, definitely becoming a bit of a New Japan Pro Wrestling fanboy can you tell us about the experience of um, working with such a legend in uh, Suzuki uh, <laughs> it was it was unreal it was it was very surreal um, Suzuki's obviously for anyone that's seen my work I've, I've lifted I've lifted a fair bit of his stuff over the years. Um, someone that I've looked up to for a lot of years and admired for a long time. Um, he he was he was every bit the gentleman, and at the same time, you were very aware the entire time that this man could tear you limb from limb at a moment's <laughs> notice if he wanted to. So I uh, I behaved myself. I minded my p's and q's and. And even with that, I, I walked away with a fairly sore knee from a um, from a knee bar. He's he is, he, as I said, an absolute gentleman, an absolute professional, and at the same time, just you you knew you did not want to do anything to upset him whatsoever. Um, and smiles and handshakes, but oof, I I sure was glad that I didn't do anything to set him off. That's for sure. So intense and intimidating, isn't he? He's just got it. <laughs> He's, he's very much the definition of he doesn't he doesn't have to puff his chest out. He's not he's not some big muscle bound goof just banging his chest and telling the world how tough he is. He didn't have to say a word, and you realise how close to death you could be at a moment's notice. I think he's fifty now, and he's going as strong as ever. He's just he's, he's been amazing. awesome. Really been enjoying watching him in the G1 climax. So yeah, yeah, he just. It, it, 
I don't, I don't know how he's managed to do it, but he seems to be the, the Benjamin Button of professional wrestling. He's just going backwards and getting better and better as he gets older. Maybe he just scares off the aging process. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Grim Reaper scared him the most. <laughs> Even that hairstyle, everything about him is just really intimidating. It's great. I'm scared if, watching him. Have... Sorry. If you can have a haircut like that and nobody says a word to you about it, you, you know that you can handle yourself. I'm scared watching him on the couch, let alone being in the ring, so good on you. <laughs> but um, speaking of uh, closer to home, I was having a look today at uh, a lot of the matches that you've had, and a couple of names come up a lot uh, in Carlo Cannon and Marcus Pitt. What is it about yeah. those guys that um, cause you to have such amazing, consistent matches with them? Intensity absolute commitment to what we do um, and that is that is something that I've been really high on from the time I've started so uh, Marcus Pitts obviously someone who trained uh, at the APW School of Wrestling formerly the Dynamite Factory so that's something that I would hope through the processes that I put in place and through my matches with him that he, he picked up on um, I know uh, Shane Thorne is another one who came up in that same system and Shane's a very intense guy as well um, and he kind of mentored Marcus Pitt as he came through so um, I, I've, I've been known to yell and scream in the faces of guys who are trading with me, screaming at them to come on, come on, come on, give it to me, give it to me I, I, I want that intensity when I go out there and Marcus Pitt and Carlo Cannon are two guys who I never had to beg them twice I opened my big mouth once, and the next shot that came firing in, I knew I didn't have to encourage them at all. Um, there's, there, are, there are guys who can do the mechanics of pro wrestling very well, um, and I've, I've got a great level of respect for that. But um, for me, I, I like to feel it. it the, when, when that line is blurred between reality and and fiction, and, you know, Minor, Minor is probably the greatest example of someone who can walk that line so thinly. Um, but the, the thinner you can make that line, the greater that your art is, I believe. So I've always been someone who's willing to, to pay the price if I had to in order to put forward the best art that I possibly could. Now, and following on with all that intensity, have to have to bring up another name, the hard-hitting... Uh the bruiserweight Pete Dunn. What was it like being in the ring with him? Uh, that was probably the funnest experience I've had in professional wrestling. Um, I, I I spoke to Slex after his match with Pete as well, and we we both didn't hesitate in saying that Pete's the best guy we've ever stepped in the ring with. Um, so clean, so incredible, got an amazing ability to manage the interaction with the crowd and still his wrestling and his movement and everything is still so crisp and clean. Um, you find a lot of guys are either either very heavy to, towards the crowd interaction and the wrestling struggles a bit, or their wrestling's fantastic but the crowd interaction struggles. And he's just a master at managing both at the, at the same time, uh, able to tell a fantastic story, and still so calm and relaxed when he's in the ring. Um, while still, again, he, he was able to lay enough of a beating on me while still being safe enough that we could, we could go toe-to-toe. I, I couldn't say enough about that experience. It, it was the, the funnest time I've had in wrestling and just the experience that I had with Pete. And uh, I've always felt like when, when you go through a fun match or a good match with someone, you have that relationship with them that um, you will have deeper connections with other people, but you will only ever have that connection with that person. And I feel like on some level uh, I was able to do that with Pete that night. That was that was an incredible experience. And um, we, we spoke about validation earlier. That was That was a very validating moment to be able to stand there with a guy who I had such great admiration and respect for. And uh, we, we really went toe-to-toe that night. My, my other matches 
uh, with internationals, with Suzuki, with low-key. These matches were more just about getting through the match, if you know what I mean. Whereas Pete was very much willing to, to stand toe-to-toe and uh, give his best. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was a real night of validation. Um, yeah, that's been gr- great sharing that. Um, can you tell us about what's next, um, what's coming up? Uh, for me? Yes. Or for Explosive Pro Wrestling. For, for me, I've got Iron Fist Pro coming up in Adelaide at the end of September. That's looking like a really exciting opportunity. Some great names on there already. Um, and the first time I've been back in Adelaide for quite a while to actually perform on a show. So I'm, I'm really excited to go back there. Yeah, they're coming um, out of, they're, of that. Sorry about that. Sorry? No, I was just saying, they're coming out of the gate with, straight away with their first show. That is show. huge. Just their first show. They're, and, not, they're not mucking around. No, not at all. And in all my dealings with uh, Aiden, the promoter as well, uh, everything's been handled 100% A1 professionally, which can be tough to find in this country. So they're, they're making all the right moves and making all the right impressions. So, you know, for me, as... Uh, as a wrestler who hopes for more opportunities, not just for myself, but also for other guys all around the country to work with, work with decent promoters. Um, it seems like a really exciting opportunity coming up. And what's next for Outside of that, I've, uh, I've got the rest of the year off pretty much. I'm, I'm, I'm still open to interstate bookings, but I'm, uh, at the moment I'm on a bit of a hiatus from wrestling in Perth. And I'm, I, to be honest, I'm not sure how long that will go on. I'm still, I'm still working hard behind the scenes at EPW, both at training and um, and trying to help the company uh, catch up to the incredible level being set by groups like PWA and Wrestle Rampage, and of course Melbourne City Wrestling. So we we feel like we've fallen behind in Perth a little bit, and we're we're playing catch up, and that's good because I think. Um, the, the people of Perth are at their best when they get a chip on their shoulder. So it's nice to have that attitude back again. Yeah, and we'd definitely love to see you get booked again for Melbourne City Wrestling. You're very popular out here. <laughs> I've managed to garner a little bit of a following there. I've, I, I've, I've, had a, I've had a blast every time I've been out there and each, uh, each opportunity has been a little bit different. So it's been, it's been cool to come out there. But some of those... Some of those matches that I've had out there in the last few years have been some of the funnest that I've had, uh, especially the one I had this year with Flex. Um, Flex and I have been on the scene about the, the same amount of time, and uh, we, we had a couple of tag matches here in Perth um, maybe about a decade ago or a, or a shade under a decade ago, but that was our first singles match, and I'm really proud of that one. No, nah, that's good. That's good. Mate, I really, really want to thank you and i really appreciate you for coming on uh yeah doing us a huge favor really wanted to uh hear from the the wa uh and get their their side of it and especially on your birthday as well can't thank you enough mate no and thank you very much not not just for the interview today but for providing a platform for wrestlers in this country to get the word out and explain to people you know put ourselves out there say who we are what we stand for that's it's really important that platforms like this exist. So thank you very much to you guys as well. And we're back into the second half of the show. And that was, of course, the music of Kane, who, I mean, the people of Knox County woke up the other morning and they've got a demon as a new mayor. I'll tell you what, the political scandals they could find if they went through his back history. Yeah, I um, actually, after uh, my birthday drinks, I climbed into, climbed into a cab and it was a BBC interview with Kane. <laughs> and the guy's, Kane's trying to be serious. And then there's this English guy going, goes like, oh, okay, now on to your wrestling. So I'm um, sorry for being a bit loud. Um, it's, yeah, so the BBC guy really just wanted to talk about that, you know, we, we're not here to hear your ideas. We're here to kind well, of lull. His ideas aren't important in, in the UK where that interview is going out, so yeah. I understand that. We wouldn't be asking him about, 
you know, his fiscal responsibilities if we were talking He's to him. He's very either. fiscal, resp- uh, re- physically responsible. Physically? F- physically? Which he's very is, physical, yes. He's, he's yeah. very physical and oh. he's, he's very, um, yeah, he's a very econo- economic conservative, a simple did, libertarian. Did he, he did, he won the, the race. Killed the, it. Light the opponent on fire match, didn't he? Is that, <laughs> is that how he won? I believe it I was an so. Inferno match. Inferno yes. match, that's the word I was thinking for. By the uh, way, we've got Undertaker and Kane as our two uh, music It's a very family-friendly show today. And how good was that interview? Uh, awesome. That was like sitting under uh, under a learning tree for me. That yep. We could listen to him talk all night. That, that, that was you phenomenal. Say that, you say that every week. Um, <laughs> but literally, it was great to find out that someone who you love watching in the ring yep. is such a good person outside the ring. Yep. Uh, mature, switched on. And I think WA Wrestling with him at the helm, to an extent, is going to get almost back on top. I think uh, they've definitely been on top. They're close to the top. And they'll be back, I think. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Well, forget about even being a wrestling fan. The way he talked about develop- development of people is, was just really cool. And the, the amount of reflecting and how much he's changed, and it was really interesting. Well, I mean, as so, someone who works in recruitment, it's a good philosophy and one that I should probably bring, bring yeah. more to my <laughs> role. Now, I want to uh, mention something. Obviously, this isn't a visual medium. But with Tony out of the studio, I thought you two would have used separate microphones. You don't need to be perched on the seat so close to each other. Uh, I figured because we're, we're going to bring up the G1 later in the show, just may as well keep the keep it comfortable. Yeah, What's wrong with absolutely. That? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Why well, not? <laughs> Very close. Uh, the golden now, lovers. <laughs> <laughs> now, we do, uh, for the second week now, have a listener question, Yep. which comes from Brendan West on Facebook. And he wants to know who our favourite enhancement talents from over the years are. I like I like the job squad when they got them all together. That was that was really cool. The t-shirts. I want one actually. Yeah, so got- almost as good job as our merch. That's that's like saying like you know who's your favourite one and he names seven. Yeah, yeah, the whole team, all of them are my yeah. favourite. Well, you got you know SD Jones obviously. Um, Dermy's favourite. Dermy's favourite. A previous guest on the turnbuckle. Um, Lombardi, obviously, the he was probably more our um, age range for when we were. He, he was there right for a then. long time yeah. as well. I mean, he played Doink for periods. He yeah. was the brawler, a knuckleball Swartz. Yes, yeah, the baseball head. He was in the Heenan family at one stage. Yeah, does uh, Gilbert count? He won a Cruiserweight. He was in the champion. Job Squad. Yeah, 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 yeah Gilbert. Yeah, all of them. I mean, yeah, that's true. The Job Squad, everybody. I've I, everybody there. I mean, there's been some notable uh, enhancement talent over the years. Uh, Mike Bell was an enhancement talent for a while, and um, there's a documentary his brother made called Bigger, Stronger, Faster. faster. Yeah, that's a good um, documentary. Which comes from Mike Bell's um, hi- history of drug use while he was a wrestler. So that's really interesting and. Um, the SmackDown Women's Champion's a second-generation enhancement talent. Her father was a WWE enhancement talent wrestler, uh, Paul Von Van Dale. Did really? you know that? No, yes. learning something on the podcast. How good is this? See, now oh, wow. you're under the learning tree again. 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 The and, but tree. my personal favourite as a kid was Iron Mike Sharp, oh. Canada, Canada's greatest athlete. Um, he had this big metal uh, wristband thing, and he used to grunt a lot in the ring, which wasn't done back then. He was my favourite enhancement talent in his black boots, black tights, you know, no fuss. Do we Always have enhancement lost. talents now? There's probably much, maybe Kurt Hawkins is like, yeah, the, 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 the WWE doing? Yeah, yeah. Ty Dillinger's an enhancement talent. And it's good yeah. to see this week Mojo Rawlings going back to being an enhancement talent. Ellsworth's yeah. an enhancement talent. Out, out for the women. <laughs> the B team were. Enhancing talents. the Miz. Uh, the, t- the tag team division on Raw, enhancement talent. <laughs> oh, there's definitely tag team enhancement. The Ascension is yeah. an enhancement talent. So they definitely still have them. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, back in the day where you, you'd watch it, you're like, oh, we know who's winning this match. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was good that he went with enhancement talent, not the uh, ugly word, the jobbers. The jobbers. Good on Brendan for that. And you've gone with it now, so. Oh, I'd have to, have to bring it up. Jobbers. <laughs> Love it. Um, our merch store is open. 
I know that you've mentioned try to bring it into the conversation at least six times now, Jay. Yeah, I'm doing it uh, subconsciously. It's a subliminal um, kind of um, yeah. It's get this merch. Yeah. yeah. If he's not trying to sell our merch, he's trying to get a free T-shirt from yeah. someone else. If you play the podcast backwards, it's just us <laughs> selling the merch. I saw him trying to buy the merch from my phone earlier, so yeah. <laughs> using my credit card. To <laughs> it's like I actually got a bit of. Does credit it work card. with Afterpay? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah. Load up. There is a twenty. There's a twenty percent discount on t-shirts at the moment. So get onto our Facebook page and have a look. And if you don't think it's crap, buy it. Um, it's great. I'm a spawn salesperson. Uh, <laughs> it's it's great value as opposed to what we're talking about next. Segway. Oh, good segue. Oh, is that yeah, we're talking about the uh, the prices for all in? The prices were released today for <laughs> for all in for. A, um, for watching on television, the internet, and their yeah, streaming of thing. service. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is this has turned into the ultimate independent. And hey, we're a part of something too. Well, we I might have to after pay this. Oh this yeah, it was a... pretty. Well, pretty you've expensive. got the prices there, haven't you? Uh, I do. Here, yeah. So just for the show, it'll turn out to be sixty three dollars Australian. It varies day to day. Like yeah, yeah, an hour yeah. Later, got a sixty six quote. Yeah, and... oh, I, I, you do get a. Uh, $20 cash back, and you can use credits of signing up. Different ways. Don't worry. By the time this comes around, we'll be able to find a way to will that down. But it, I don't know. I feel that it takes away from the the indie feel the of it. The underground. Oh. Yeah, the underground. Like, what? hey, we're a part of this small... Obviously, we want this all in to succeed but yeah that is a crazy price we look at the prices because we want to buy it we want to support it Uh, independent wrestling is fantastic Um, what I think they haven't taken into account is that some of us don't earn the US dollar so when you're in Australia you're paying an extra $20 and it becomes really cost prohibitive Um, so maybe everyone should just get on Twitter tweet Cody Rhodes (laughs) Telling the issues that we're having with the price, I mean, I'll do it. I'm fine with that. I want to buy, I want to buy it, but he's pushing me towards an illegal stream. Yeah, just well, saying. I, I, I'm still going to support it, but, uh, but you're richer than the rest of us. Well, kayfabe that. Um, like even with Starcast, that's an amazing four day event, forty hours of content. You know, visually or audio. Yeah, but there'll only be there'll only be two three hours that you're. Yeah, of course. Watch. Yeah, look. Yeah, I looked at you know the Monday Night Wars debate. I think that'll be good. You know, the roast of Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. That'll be super entertaining. Uh, the death of the WCW panel. That'll be good. The NWO reunion, and obviously the art of pro wrestling with Colt Cabana. That's good. But that turns out to be a hundred and twenty dollars. Well, you know, Conrad Thompson's running that. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of the richest people in Does America. Does he not have enough is. money? Yeah. Give it to us, Conrad. <laughs> when you're talking about the all-in price, um, Cody, and if you, there's been a reference from at least Cody about it being wrestling's Woodstock. Um, I don't know how much Woodstock charged the hippies to to, to attend. I um, think he meant Woodstock bourbon. Yeah, Woodstock. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's um, yeah not going that way with that price. Yeah, I, I just hope it doesn't turn too many people off. Because I really want this to succeed. I think they'll be watching. Oh, look, they uh, might be watching for a different stream, though. There'd be some in America. It's fine. It's just yeah. I feel like us and a few other countries may yeah. may have got the short end of the stick. But it is what it is. And yeah, thirty nine dollars in America doesn't sound as bad as sixty three, sixty five, sixty six that it could turn out to yeah, be. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I think maybe if you just set a price for other countries that's yeah. the same, like the WWE Network's the same as what it is in other countries, you know what I mean? Yep. yep. Uh, something that is cheaper to watch is the G1 tournament, which is ongoing. I'll leave you two to it. Yeah, oh. I think I paid... I just, I, I just had a look. I um, I went onto the website to get uh, to become a full member of the site. I think it was 999 yen, which was... I was going, ooh, no, I did a conversion. $12. So. <laughs> and that is the best $12 in wrestling you would probably spend, especially this month. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, like we say every week, it's been it's been great. Uh, you know, Coda versus Nido. Did they try and kill themselves? Yeah, just drop each other on each, on their heads it, the whole match. Why not? Um, I thought the uh, the best match of the week was uh, Ishii versus Omega. That was yeah. Well, and yeah. he's he's had so many good matches um, throughout uh, throughout the tournament. Uh, Bushi keeps on keeping on. What, what uh, did you What did you think of the clothesline to Omega's lip? Oh, awesome! <laughs> you could see it the next day. It uh, was it was really yeah. yeah. That was just really really cool. Um, and then um, on the come on guys, break it down for people who haven't watched it. 
That's yeah, your job. It's really, really cool there. Um, <laughs> there but funnily enough, though, there are um, uh, Samoans or Tongans that uh, do upset the audience as well. The firing squad. Yeah, the, the overbooking of, uh, I think we mentioned it last week, the overbooking of the run-ins and the DQs yep. get a bit tiresome for myself. I'm yeah. waiting for the payoff. Yeah. I feel it's going to be at the end of the G1, obviously, when maybe the two Bullet Clubs uh, go at it. But oh, just it's too tiring. At the and Tamatonga's got the reprimand now from the New Japan Pro Wrestling for his uh, social media shenanigans. We got a um, reprimand from Twitter as well. Didn't yeah, you? he got a block there for a while. Yeah, yeah um, going into the audience, he's getting the well, you know, uh, as you called it earlier, go away heat. So, yeah. um, and um, a block, a block's really shaping up. I think with Jay White um, maybe needing the favour from Okada, um, that whole chaos. Uh, yeah. mix is going to be pretty big. Yeah, I think there's a lot lot to go in. To the end of the week, you know, the, obviously the final is on Sunday yep. evening, yep. early start. Yeah. Uh, but Friday and Saturday night, uh, those cards already look amazing. You know, you've got Omega versus Coda. That, the dynamic, the Golden Lovers wrestling against each other. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm, I think they'll pull it off. It's going to be wonderful. And now chocolates to bald lollies will go on to Raw. And I've never been happier with the Constable Corbin and Stephanie McMahon when they saved me from Roman doing double duty again. <laughs> but it's true, yeah. Double duty cannot be done. I love Constable Corbin. He is... I really, really enjoy him. He's probably my favourite thing about Raw. I saw a guy at Nando's the other day look just like Constable Corbin. A lot of people kind of look like Constable Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> but at Raw, what did you think? No, it's... I just think, yeah, it was just... Uh, it was okay. Just, yeah, it was, it was okay. It was okay. But it was, we're leading into SummerSlam. I want better than okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, nothing... What, what did we What did we learn from it? You know, uh, Finn Balor versus Corbin? Yep. I, well, I'm not dying to that see happened, that match. That has already happened twice. Yeah, of course. I'm not dying to see that match. The only hope I've got is, and I don't know why, the demon Balor will come out, but... There's, I don't even know why there would be. And the story they're telling with um, Strowman can easily lose by a DQ or count yeah. out. Yep. Um, what do you think of that story? And, and what are they going to do with Jinder? I, I think trying to tell that story that he can lose, it takes away the aura that he's a dis- he's, destruction. He's, he's still quite dominant. He's still quite dominant yeah. in those matches. Yep. I don't think they'll take it off. I didn't mind that um, bit with uh, Kevin Owens and Jinder. Like, I think that they... Kevin Owens making friends with other heels is one of my favourite things on re- in wrestling, I think. Uh, he's, he's got that Miz about him where uh, Miz and Owens, when they're making friends with heels, it doesn't look like that lazy heels are friends with heels, faces are friends with faces, because they actually do try to have that buy-in where Miz or Owens will make it well, we're friends because of this. Yeah, but I think you'll find that those two guys don't get saddled with their um, promos. I think that they would change. They've got license more than yep. other guys. Yeah, and uh, it shows what can happen when you do give guys license. Absolutely. SmackDown obviously was on to yesterday. Yep, yeah, yesterday I said today. Yeah, and it was a good show. It was yep. a good show. Uh, we're getting when the Miz has accepted Daniel Bryan's challenge. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that feud goes because I wouldn't think that it's going to be a one and done. Yep, I don't think it is. Well, um, now th- th- that's going to look finally. Brian has something that we could look forward to. Yep. Um, he's been given absolute garbage. Um, I think. Well, gee, we were talking about um, not even understanding how we would have Brian come back and then not be interested in Brian matches. I would have never nah. predicted that. No, never. We, we were waiting so many months for him to oh, get cleared. David, if you get uh, to, to to believe that you wouldn't be looking forward to it yeah. is unreal. But obviously with the Miz, uh Brian you'll think will bring the fire. Yep. Yeah. They don't. They legitimately I don't think they like each other Well, you can tell like, yeah, when it's on the what's that after SmackDown show. Yeah. Even when they've had the yeah. back and forths yeah. on, on those things. There's, there's some reality to that. Yeah, that, that's right. And it comes across, and, well, that's what we, we all buy into. Well, we're looking at it today. They did that, you know, he attacked him on scene of Miz and Mrs. Like, um, Brian actually looked worked up. Yep. Like, he looked really fiery. So, yeah. Can they um, drag it out? Can they drag it out to Mania and get the. 
well, get the big blow off. Ryan would need to sign a contract first, so we'll see what happens. Mm, there. One other thing about um, SmackDown, you, um, you all know that I really am a fan of um, tag team wrestling. Getting first, I'm hearing of it and tournaments, yeah. and, tournaments, and, tournaments, and, tournaments and, 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 and stats and. What you can see is today um, putting um, the bar versus uh, uh, the New Day. That was I really, really enjoyed that match. But I don't want to see the New Day versus the Bludgeons again. So yeah, yep. <laughs> sort of. You know what? That's probably the the match that you almost have as a as as a, as a tag team title kind of uh, feud there because they're two. Um, it's all stacked on SmackDown. That's a problem. The tag team division. The ones that have got that respect are the Usos, the Bar. And New Day that have got that um, ability plus the pedigree within WWE, where Revival are working on it. It's stacked SmackDown heavy. Yep. Yeah, but you do need to do that, or else you'll end up with just two teams. You need yep. to have more viable opponents for your champions, or else you'll end up with Slater and Rhino yep. versus your champions who are dominant because you can't have the same two teams fight for well, a year. Finally, doing that, but build up Revival. That's easy. They yep. should they. It's easy. Oh, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of tournaments, the names for the May Young Classic have been finalised, or at least they will be once uh, NXT goes to air tomorrow. Yep. Um, who are you looking forward to? Uh, I want to see a lot of the Japanese women come in there that obviously haven't had the uh, the worldwide exposure. Yeah, obviously the Japanese girls are going to be a real. Yeah, and I think you know they, you know, if they're allowed to work their style, you know, I know we, have, you know, WWE have a lot of agents and stuff, but we've seen in the cruiserweight classic, um, they actually wrestled as cru- cruiserweights. So I, I'm really there's so many intriguing matchups that can happen that won't probably happen anywhere else, and I think that's the best part about these kind of tournaments. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm looking really looking forward to seeing. Uh, Madison Rain, Ashley mm. Rain, she's going to be under. See how she goes in a WWE ring. But I really want to see how the girls who were in last year's May Young Classic, how they've come along in 12 months, because yep. a lot of those girls are quite young. And speaking of young, Z- Zoya Brookside is 19 years old. I yeah. want to see how she goes as well. Yeah, and, uh, and, of, and of course, being Australian, we really want to see Tony Storm come out of it strong. We'd like to see her win. And uh, Ray yes. Ripley as well. So we, we've got two Australians in it. Uh, this year, uh, yeah, the same two Australians had in it last year in yep. it again, which yep. is fantastic. No, nope, we're done. <laughs> uh, speaking of women's wrestling, though, Underworld Two is on in uh, just over a week. Yep, and they have a all they have a, a main event, which yep. is a women's title match, which you don't see a lot in Australia, and it's fantastic to see. I think it's a credit to both the workers. They're, they're hard work, and obviously we've seen them in different promotions in the you know, last six, seven months. No, they, they've earned this. This is, yeah, this isn't a token. No, it's not a token. Know, it's not just handed to them. No, they, they've earned this. Absolutely. And yeah. deserve to go on last. It's a credit to Underworld because a lot of promotions would have just scrambled mm-hmm. a men's match to go last, but they're trusting in their talent that they've got, and... Vixen and Erica Reed are going to have a fantastic match, especially because Underworld title matches are no disqualification, yep. which suits both of these girls down to the yep. ground. Erica's going to play heel, which is going to be fun because she doesn't often play heel, and she's going to be violent, and then Vixen is violent. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyone who gets out to that show, I, I think you guys are going on, and I'm not going to be available, unfortunately. You catch uh, it on the stream. No? I will uh, catch it on the stream. I will be very lucky to have my daughter, Alvi, in my presence. Oh, you're so stuck, I'm, you're stuck I'm, with Alvi. I'm Alvie. unable to, no, to attend that. Because so I'm going have... alone because one bloke's overseas and you're stuck with your daughter. That's well, fair yeah, enough. Yeah. We are going to have listeners who've won a competition there, so you'll be, on, you'll be stuck with them. Well, they'll yeah. be stuck with you. Yeah, they'll well, be stuck with you. I'm yeah, probably stuck with me. I might ask your mum. Yeah, yeah, I might take it to Underworld Wrestling. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. It's 18 plus, so... Uh, She's 18 months. No, <laughs> no, no beer and fried chicken. I'll get her, I'll get her a... Do- I'm, I'm Westside. I'll get her a dodgy D, um, um, ID. <laughs> Put a beard on her. I don't know. You'll probably lose her with Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of shows on this weekend. On the 11th of 
We're in August. August, yep. Yeah, August, yeah. You got uh, PCW, PCW Evolution in Geelong, obviously. Yeah. And got... who's um who's performing at that? Oh, you got Edwin Dusk, uh, Edward Dusk versus uh, Jake Taylor in a cage match for the Ignition title. Yeah. yeah. Who else is on that? Oh, who else? Who we got there? Uh, the Pariah. They're going to be there. Yeah, who, who who else is on that? Stevie Philippe is going to be there. He is. Who else is on that? Uh, I don't know. Hang on, I'll just check the. I mean, There's something about an Indy Hartwell's pod- on there as well. Indy Hartwell. Uh, yep, yep. But most importantly, Mo- all right. I'll put to put it over. The podcast is going live. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> I'll put you guys over. Uh, PWA have their 11th anniversary show in Sydney, featuring Will Ospreay, B Priestley. And Jonah Rock, which will be a massive show. Yeah, well, they, they, they've actually got a cage match. Uh, yeah, Caveman versus oh, uh, yeah, Jonah that'll be for their good. title. That, <laughs> that'll be amazing. Don't worry about that. And then, yeah, you've got Robbie Eagles versus Osprey, which just on paper, that's a match of the year candidate right there. Huge. Uh, my good friends at Riot City Wrestling are having a live show in um, Adelaide with tickets only $10. What a deal. That's a great deal. And New Horizons Wrestling have a 3 p.m. show in Armadale in WA, which I reckon that's a good little move. Yeah, is it? Is it? I read that correctly. Five dollar tickets on the door. Is right. right? I didn't see uh, yeah, that. I, you're probably right. I've written that down, so it must be right. Yep. So get it. Make your way out there. That's a great deal. And then in uh, Melbourne, NAW have the final of their King of the Cage tournament in Albion. Every match is a cage match. Yeah, I, I did uh, go across that card earlier before we started recording. They've got a War Games match. That that would be interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah so lots of lots of. There's probably more out there. If you want us to promote your show, flick us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and we will definitely tell people about you and yes. hopefully get some results and things like that. Also, if you want to sponsor us. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook on the Turnbuckle Australia and hit up our Facebook anyway because it's amusing. Yeah, we are. Uh... It's more than amusing. It's amusing. It's intriguing. It's a, it's a, I would say it's a learning tree at times. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a <laughs> bit of everything. And there are a lot of polls. <laughs> Who we got next week? We've got someone. We've got a big guest next week. A very big guest. A very big guest. Tony's going to be back in the studio. No, no. We've got someone bigger than Tony. Bigger than that? Well, not bigger, but a bigger name. I'm bigger coming name. in again. Bigger name. <laughs> no, we do. We have PWAs and Australia's own Robbie Eagles. Boom. How good's that? Um, I'm excited. Yeah, we're. that's, that's amazing. So, yeah. Are speechless. Come back next week and listen to us uh, really annoy Robbie Eagles for a good 20 minutes. Well, Jay will. Inane questioning. (laughs) (laughs) You've listened to On the Turnbuckle on My Podcast House. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye.